Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Empowered Path podcast. I am Kylie Nicole, and I am a medium in Perth and WA. I have had so much coming up recently where I guess there's this other wave of people who are becoming open to spiritual communication and mediumship and what that looks like. But I've had a wave of questions coming around it, which I haven't seen for a while. And I thought it would be really awesome to use the podcast as a platform to answer some of those for you guys. So um, if you've never had a reading before, or if you've never had a reading with me before, and I put that caveat in there because we all work differently and we're meant to. (laughs) So for me, um, if you've never had a reading before, how it tends to work, I can connect on the phone or like we can do face-to-face readings or I even do absent readings, which are more for guidance, but that's just using a photograph of you. And I email across everything I get from Spirit to, to give to you and for you to read in your own time and also keep, which is quite handy. Now, again, all mediums are different. When I do readings, I prefer for somebody to be recording them. So I always encourage my clients to record on their phone so they have something there that they can go back to. Uh, It's harder on phone readings because you have to have something else handy these days because of the privacy things on phones. You can't really record phone calls anymore. But yeah, I always like to have it recorded. A lot of mediums don't like that. But for me, I don't remember anything. I don't even remember people after readings. So I've had instances where people have come up and said hi to me when I've been out and about and I, I don't remember who they are. I can't remember ever having met them before because we're just a channel. And it's also... I couldn't I don't think I could hold on to every single story, every person I've met, every connection, every mediumship connection. I think it would be too much. So I think that by spirit keeping my logical conscious mind clear of this information, it not only protects your privacy as a client, but also my mental health. <laughs> so um yeah, so I don't remember anything. I always encourage recording. And basically my process is to see I don't want to know anything. I I don't want any information apart from somebody's first name so I have something to call them. I don't even care if it's not your proper first name. (laughs) But I would like to see who in spirit steps forward for them first. Um, I just kind of, so my, the way I connect with spirit, we all, there's seven different clairs, seven different uh, ways that spirit used to communicate with us that have been identified uh, logically. (laughs) And I am predominantly clairvoyant, which means I see spirit usually. Um, Sometimes I'll take that away and I'll have to rely on one of the other ones, like hearing them. But that's for me is quite trippy. So usually I just see spirit like I'd see you, but behind a pane of glass. Um, Normally objective, so physically seeing, sometimes subjective using my third eye. But that's just detail. (laughs) So how I work, I have a look and I see who's in the room with you or who steps forward for you if you're on the phone. And I know who they are in your family based on where they're standing. Usually, sometimes they change that. (laughs) But normally, and on a good day, um, for me, the mum's side of the family is on the left-hand side and dad's side of the family is on the right-hand side. Also, anyone for me who stands behind you is going to be a parent or a grandparent. And depending on how closely they're standing to you tells me whether it is a parent or a grandparent usually. To the side of you is going to be a sibling partner or a friend. And to the side of where your parents or grandparents are staying is going to be aunt, uncle or cousin. Anyone underneath who or who comes in in front of you is um, likely to be younger family members who have passed away. And that will obviously range from being a child directly in front of you to being a cousin or a niece or a nephew, uh, depending on how far away they stand, even a friend of the family. So I will quite often go through and acknowledge everyone I can see. 
Um, and the people who are like the key players in spirit tend to be the stronger connections for me. So I'll sort of bounce between them. Anyone who's not direct direct family, I ask for afterwards, and they tend to stand a little bit further away unless the, my client has come specifically to talk to someone who's not a blood family relative, in which case they'll normally make themselves known first. So again, every reading is different, but that tends to be the format. Um, and then we talk about things that are going on in my client's life. We have a discussion about things that spirit want to validate, any like instances, events, things going on at work, health concerns, uh, relationship issues. Whatever spirit want to talk about, I'll bring it up. Um, they also talk about their own memories, their own places, their own, like, they'll show me different things from their time together, little validations, little bits and pieces. I have historically been very bad at names because I didn't feel like I needed to work very hard at that because I can physically see. So I would describe somebody down to birthmarks, missing teeth, broken noses, <laughs> you know. It can be really specific, and usually it is. And because of that, I never really felt the need to try and get names because my logical brain would get involved. And then I, would, you know, start calling everybody Norman, which is ridiculous. Um, these days I'm working on the names. <laughs> it's amazing the journey we go through. But now I feel like I feel like I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to to recognize which names are relevant for which people. And I've only started doing it in the last couple of months, but it has been amazing. And some of the support that I've had from Spirit is amazing. It's just about having the courage to give that information and to say it. <laughs> so if I do get names, I will offer them up and I will probably explain what I've just said to you as well, um, that I'm still learning the name thing and I'm doing my best. But if it's not correct, it's my downfall, not theirs. Anyway. We have this chat, we talk about stuff, and then if the, if you have any questions that haven't been addressed, and most, most of the time they have been addressed, spirit tend to know why you're there. But if you have any questions after that, we tend to go through those, and then I'll end your session. So that's what it looks like verbatim, word for word. <laughs> but there are so many um, people don't always understand readings. They don't understand that it is as simple as that. Like people think, I've had questions about am I controlling the spiritual realm? Um, absolutely not. I'm not controlling anybody. I'm not calling anybody into my service. I am not. It's definitely not a control thing. I like to see our connection with spirit and our work within the auric space as being a co-creational thing. I have to raise my vibration and they lower theirs and we meet somewhere in the middle. <laughs> so neither, neither is controlling. I don't become um, possessed by your family and spirit either. However, I will quite often take on mannerisms and use words that they would use. And I'm not normally a fidgeter, but if they were, I will start to fidget or some of my body language might mirror theirs. The only reason that happens is because when I am getting ready in the morning, I ask that our energies blend very closely together to make me hypersensitive to spirit and all of the information they give me, not just the, not just the spoken or emotional information. So I will sometimes mirror things like that. Not all the time. But often I find myself doing it. And especially because I know my own repertoire, I know the words that I would normally use, I know my own body language. So when things like that change, um, it makes me pay attention. And even my voice, my voice can sometimes change. Like if somebody was a smoker, my voice might get deeper. Or if they were dealing with some kind of condition there, um, I might lose my voice or it might get scratchy or coughy, you know, anything like that. So I'm just very, very hyper aware of that. I also ask spirit to make me feel in my physical body how they've passed. So that's usually an interesting one for me. <laughs> but they, spirit are really good at that. They're really good at putting, like, putting their 
conditions onto me without me having to experience that in a traumatic or a confronting way. So I think that that's pretty cool. But there's certainly no control. There's no position. There's no weirdness. I don't have to throw a, a veil over my head and sway clockwise and hum or anything. We're, we're all completely normal. <laughs> it's like having a cup of tea and a chat. Um, it's definitely a co-creational thing. And people also ask me about timings, like when is a good time to get a reading? That's a very personal choice. If you feel ready, you're ready. If you doubt that, if you're scared of it, if you keep second guessing, if your mental health is not in a good place, if your intentions are not in the right place, don't do it. Do your research as well. Make sure that you're looking into the medium that you're considering. Um, check out reviews, go onto their website, look at photographs of them because even if your logical mind doesn't believe in this stuff or you've got that skeptical thing, your soul will always recognize where you're being called. So try and try and look at photographs of them, especially where you can look into their eyes without sounding weird. <laughs> but definitely do your research around things like that. But timing-wise, spirit are able to contact us immediately after passing, immediately. Time is not the same for them as it is for us. Um, and they can do their healing and they can do what, everything that they need to do and still be there with us in the moment, even if it's just minutes or hours after they've passed. When my aunt died, uh, she was in Zimbabwe and I was in uh, New South Wales <laughs> at the time. And I was very much aware of her crossing over. I was doing a remote viewing thing where I was kind of energetically there with my family. It's hard to describe. But I saw her transition from her physical soul. And I saw my mom and I heard the conversation that my mom was having with her because my mom was sitting with her when she died. And... I actually later on, when I spoke to mom, I said, did you say this, this and this? And mom confirmed it for me because I didn't know, like, I was like, is it real? Is it not real? But mom confirmed that what I'd heard was a conversation that they'd had just before my aunt died. And anyway, um, I saw that process through and then I, because I'd been sitting outside and then I went back indoors and my aunt was standing on the stairs and we had a quick chat. It would have been minutes, minutes after she died. So timing for them is not the same as it is for us but we have to be ready for that contact and I you know I often say this but the responsibility on a medium to authentically represent the loved ones that you have is huge because I, I think that there would be nothing more damaging or disheartening to go and see someone and to not get your person not get the essence of your person who's crossed over for whatever reason and it's something that my logical mind worries about even while the medium in me knows that it's got nothing to do with me as a person. They'll always come through the way they need to come through and I'll always be able to represent that because it's got nothing to do with me. But from a vulnerable human being's perspective, I it's happened to me. You know, I've gone to somebody for a reading and it's been so disappointing and I just left crestfallen and I would hate for anyone to feel like that. So again, timing. Make sure that it feels right for you. Um, and don't, don't overthink it. People ask me all the time if I see their pets in spirit. Now, uh, I love animals. My animals are my family. They're my babies. <laughs> but I don't always see them in spirit, no. Because I think that, essentially, I think the souls of animals vibrate higher than the souls of humans. Or, yeah, that's a simple way of explaining it. <laughs> I'm not going to go into the the kind of theoretics around it. But because they vibrate higher, I think I have to push my vibration up higher to contact them or to, to, to like have that intent around that connection. But my mediumship is mostly around people. I love the human connection. I love the human emotions. I love the, 
you know, the I don't know the vulnerability when when people come back and they talk about things and they tease about things. I love being part of that. Every now and again, animals will come into my readings, um, and especially if I am looking for them. If someone in spirit tells me that there's an animal that's dear to them, that's passed, or uh, you know, dear to my client, or they reference it. it's like sometimes the people in spirit that I'm talking to will like hold up a dog or they'll hold up a cat and be like, "Hey, tell them I've got this animal." You know. <laughs> So sometimes, but there are mediums who are amazing at animal communication and that's all they do. They do that the way I do human communication. <laughs> so if you're looking specifically to connect with an animal, I'd recommend like there are so many good mediums, but I find um, Catherine McAllen from Medicine Horse is amazing. And she's who I tend to go to if I want to touch base with one of my faux babies who have crossed over. Uh, but definitely, again, do your research. There's lots of mediums who just specialize in animal communication, but you may not be able to get that information from your bog standard medium. <laughs> we do things a little bit differently. And, you know, some, some mediums definitely can, but in my own experience, um, you may not get that if that's what you're looking for. You can definitely ask and I will always try, but I can't always guarantee it. Uh, I've asked about language barriers, or I've been asked about language barriers, and no, spirit use telepathy. So a lot of the time, it doesn't matter if they spoke a different language, if they didn't have a word of English, none of that matters. What they will sometimes do is they'll make my words come in a different order. So that's their way of letting me know that they didn't talk English, because often in different languages, the words are transposed. So uh, that's normally my little uh, nudge that they're foreign or uh, didn't have English. But it's not an issue for readings because, again, they use telepathy. So they will get the message across in my language. So I can pass that on to you. Um, sorry, I was just reading the list of, of questions that I had that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> the other one was, uh, why does it feel like spirit have gone away? So sometimes after people die, we have very full-on experiences. We'll get all the signs. We'll get all the dreams. There'll be physical contact. We might see things. You know, there's a lot and we just feel them around. Like so often I hear, no, I can just feel him there. I can just feel him there. And it's true. And then I'll get phone calls going, Carly, I felt him there for ages. And now he's not there. Where is he gone? Is he, has he gone somewhere? Like, where has he gone? <laughs> and it's a panic response. Um, and no, this is all part of the process. When we lose somebody we love, often it's the first thing that kind of falls into place that shows us that we are energetic beings having a human experience. It's not the other way around. And what I mean by that is your logical mind is going, oh, well, you know, he's dead and gone. That's it. He's done. But your soul is going, well, no, I can still feel him. I can still feel him energetically connected to me. So he can't be gone. And it's that concept of he can't be gone that gets us searching. It gets us to look into things. It gets us to open our minds and encourages us to look past the physical conditioning that we've been under our whole lives. So... The other part of that is after you've had all these full-on experiences and received all of these signs and crazy things have happened and it's been full-on, it does sometimes feel like it dies down a bit. But Spirit tell me that they do that to make it more subtle because the next part of your, I guess your training, <laughs> I guess your training is to learn to reach for that contact. So instead of it being given to you and given to you and given to you, the way as happens when somebody first pa passes away, when they remove that little bit, it encourages you to step forward and to reach forward and to start looking for that contact. And that's the next part of them training your own development, your own spiritual connection, your own spiritual identity to come back to you. 
kind of like remembering what you can already do instead of learning something new. But yeah, sometimes it can feel like they've gone somewhere, but they definitely haven't. They've just they're just adopting more subtle uh, methods. <laughs> so don't don't ever think that they've left you. I get asked about reincarnation as well, um, as in if if they die a long time before us, by the time we get to spirit, have they reincarnated? Are we going to miss each other? And the answer to that, as far as I can tell you from what I've been given from spirit, is no. Um, the soul is multidimensional. It can be in more places than one place. So even if aspects of that soul have reincarnated, you will still see each other on the other side. And paradoxically, that means that there is some aspect of your soul right now as you're doing this human experience. There's some part of your soul that's still contactable in spirit from past lives. So how weird is that? Sometimes it's just too big for my tiny brain. But yeah. So you're not going to miss each other. You're not going to um, like not see each other the next time around either. Like soul groups tend to stay together. Um, I get asked, so I've got a, a bit of a wait list now. If people are wanting to book readings with me, it tends to be, I think, I don't know when this podcast is coming out because I batch them, but at the moment we're on the 20, 24th of May, I think. Yep, 24th of May. So I batch create my podcast, so this will come out at some point, but currently I don't have any availability for readings until beginning of July. So... I get people asking me to recommend other mediums and that's fine. I have some amazing medium friends and women who, well, I say women, there's men too, but the ones that I kind of work closely alongside are all women for some reason. But I have some amazing medium friends and people who I've witnessed working, which just blows my mind. And we very much stand together. So I'm very happy to recommend other mediums. I, I get asked what makes a good medium and it's a hard question because again, we all work differently. I don't know the ins and outs of how somebody else works. I don't know what it is that makes them different until I witness them working. And even then it's hard to pick. It's just something about how they pick up on information and their own fields of reference and how they use those to get the message across. But a good medium is never going to be fishing for information. A good medium is never going to be coming in from a place of being an expert. I, I believe that we're co-creating the experience together. So I am I go in with the energy of playing to see how things come through and how we can best represent them. And it's a very much a lighter hearted energy. And I try and co-create in that space. A good medium is never going to bully you if you cannot understand the information that they're giving you. If we're getting it wrong as a medium, we need to be able to go, okay, if that doesn't make sense to you, I apologize. Please remember it for later on in case it does. But first we have to check in with all of our other clairs, all of our other senses to make sure that we're best representing the information that Spirit are giving us. Are we misunderstanding something? Are we not interpreting something correctly? If we can't find that, if we can't find anything different, if the message remains the same for us, then you just ask your client to remember it and you move on. You don't bully somebody into accepting information that isn't right for them. Ethics are everything. Um, I would not want to be seeing anyone who was scaremongering or giving negative information or talking about other people without their permission. Those things are, to me, unacceptable. But I know that I also have a lot of clients who will come in and they'll ask about people in their lives. And I have to say to them, look, I can give you a certain amount of information, but there's a line I can't cross because I can't talk about somebody else's personal stuff without their permission when they're still on the side of life. It's different when someone's in spirit because they're giving me the information. So that's permission to share it. But 
um, everything energy is permission-based. So if it's on this side of life, if the person you're interested in is on this side of life, I can't do that without their permission. And I won't ethically anyway. I did have uh, somebody who tried to book an absent reading for a family member. And when I tried to connect for that family member, because I didn't know, I didn't know that he wasn't aware of it. And his spiritual team literally shut a door in my face and said, no, he's not aware of this. We're not giving you information. We're not, we're not letting you connect. And I had to go back to the person who booked and say, hey, um, I know this sounds really strange, but does he know about this? And it turns out that he didn't know about it. So it's amazing that your spiritual team have got your back. Like no one's going to go tapping in and getting information from you without your permission. <laughs> so, you know, people worry about energetic entities and stuff like that. But again, energy is permission-based. So you have to be allowing that belief system for it to be relevant to you, or you have to be allowing that connection for it to be a thing for you. But I think um, a good medium will also know why they're doing the work that they're doing. They're going to know what the intention is behind the work that they're doing and how they're going to represent that. And they'll be able to explain things to you in a way that makes sense to you. So it's, again... I'm not saying that, you know, this is and this make a good medium and this is and this make a bad medium. I think it comes down to preference because there's always going to be people who go to any kind of medium and have any kind of experience because they go where they're called. Like we all find our own clients where we're available to serve the people who we're here to serve. So irrespective of my opinion about how somebody else works, what information they get, somebody else will need that from them because that's just what they're, they're drawn to. <laughs> so... Um, I see it as being a very neutral space. We all have a space here. How we work is up to us. It's up to our own ethics and values and we'll find the people who need to work with us. I just think that there's a lot of responsibility that comes with this work and I've seen a lot of damaging behavior and it makes it a lot harder for those of us who are trying to do the right thing and represent spirit in an authentic and loving way. It makes us harder for us to be doing our work in an environment which always isn't, uh, which isn't always so understanding of what we're doing and how we're doing it. So a lot of uh, a lot of my time is spent trying to normalize mediumship and trying to normalize energetic connections and things like that. And it can be a mission because everyone's heard a horror story, but very few people have experienced how amazing it can be when you're identifying as your energetic identity and not your human self. So, yeah, look, there's lots of things. Um, ultimately, I would I would definitely say. Um, <laughs> I guess I would say that mediumship is important because it turns grief from something as destructive into something that's healing. It realigns yourself with your energetic identity instead of your human conditioning. And it shows you what else is possible. It's not as limited. We're not as limited. We're here. We're not here to wear pain like some kind of badge of honor. We're here to be manifestors, creators. We're here to, to take the human experience and the soul's experience and bring them as closely together as possible because that's abundant. That's abundance in all things. And life is supposed to be joyful. <laughs> you know, We go through our trials, but it's how we deal with them. I've had some people say to me, oh, well, if, um, if fate's a thing, then I'm not even going to bother because whatever's going to happen is going to happen anyway. And I think it's such a negative way of looking at it. We soul contract to experiences, but how we have those experiences can come through multiple different events. And how those events come into play is based on our own choice and free will. <laughs> so if you're if you're worried about things like that, if you think that it's all just set in stone and it doesn't really matter what you do, that's not true. It very much matters what you do and how what kind of experience you have is down to free will and choice. And it's incredibly powerful. 
So don't don't limit yourself there either. But no, I uh, I encourage people to have an open mind. I love a skeptical mind. I think that that's a good thing to have. I love a strong logical mind. That's fine too. I love questions, but I prefer them to only come at the end of a reading. <laughs> I like to see what spirit will bring forward on their own authentically first. And then if I have to dig a little bit deeper, I'm happy to do that. Uh, but I guess if it's something you've been thinking about, give it a go. But do your research. Make sure you're going to someone you trust. And I guess just have an open mind. Have no expectations about how it's going to go. Because again, we all work differently. But have an open mind and just see what happens. Uh, I hope this has helped some of you who maybe find this a bit woo-woo or a bit weird. <laughs> For me, it's as natural as breathing. And I believe that we're all capable of spiritual and energetic connection both to other energies and to our higher self so there it is on that note i hope you all have a wonderful day and a fantastic week and we'll catch you next week take care